Hey friends, my name's Stevie Taylor. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. My guest today is Jess Chumper. Jess is a highly respected and in-demand percussionist and multi-instrumentalist from Sydney. Uh, percussionist for the Lion King stage show, long-time member of Musica Viva, encore musician for the Sydney Symphony Orchestra, Australian Chamber Orchestra, Australian Brandenburg Orchestra, as well as a highly in-demand session player. You know, I did not realise the power, the versatility and the importance of the good old triangle until I spoke to Jess. Well, that's enough for me for now. Ladies and gentlemen, Jess Chumper. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Jess Chumper. <laughs> Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Thanks, Stevie. It's yeah, an honour. Sweet, to mate. Um, thanks for coming to... Uh, the Gig Life HQ, so to speak. <laughs> nice, nice to be here. It's just in my little little studio here. So um, I'll start off by saying, what's a week in the life of Jess at the moment? Uh, regards to what you got on and how many gigs you're playing and who you, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, look, it, it yeah, it, it varies wildly, you know. Like um, uh, the last couple of weeks I was building towards a gig with a group called Synergy Percussion. So we did that Saturday. That was fairly intense. There were like three days of sort of heavy rehearsals for that. Is that reading? Uh, yeah, yep. it's a heavy reading gig. Yep. It's like a contemporary classical music ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, I was well out of my comfort zone. Right. Yeah, so that <laughs> was stressing me out, losing sleep over that one for about a month and a half. Oh, before shit. It. Yeah, it was full on. It's heavy. Really full on. And how did it end up? Come good? Oh, it, went, it went well. It That piece needed like three weeks of rehearsing. You know, it was six players that don't always play together. And pretty heavy, but it, it went okay, and the audience loved it. Yeah, we were all right. playing a piece of two by four each. That's it, amplified, really, and like pulling different sounds out of it. And um, like the thing was all absolutely written out, but all this interlocking stuff, and you know, four in one hand, three in the other, while this person's doing fives, and you know, oh. and a real and passing dynamics around. So like a wave. So someone described it like a, a sound bath. Sound yeah, yeah. yeah. So very, very trippy sort of thing. Yeah. We did it. We did a track down studios. Yeah. So that big room there, which is great. Yeah. So, but in between doing that, I, yeah, a, you know, a couple of gigs on. I play bass. So yeah. A couple of bass gigs, a few, an indie. So the same week we were rehearsing with that, I did a percussion gig with a, a guy called Luke Eskim, like a weird comedy cabaret show. Yeah played kit with a group called The Nature Strip, which is an indie originals indie rock thing. Yep. Could you diggers? That's just you know, straight up. That's just straight kit. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yep. um and then I'm I'm singing in a couple of choirs at the moment. I'm having singing lessons. Great. At the ripe old age of fifty four. <laughs> so it's it's yeah, it's like a it's really varied, you know. And week on, week off yeah. different it's different. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And how far do you usually are you usually booked ahead? Oh, uh, I got you know Jewish weddings in the book for next July. Yeah, right. Know, so yeah, because right. I, I know when we were originally slated for tomorrow. Yeah, and yeah. and then you know you contacted me and said I've got this 
paying gig and you know. Yeah, yeah. So how often does that happen? Oh, uh, things, things can come in like a fortnight out. Okay. You know? Yeah. Generally, not much closer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. I don't think I've had a Friday or Saturday night off for two or three years. Yeah, it's right. Pretty, been pretty solid yeah. those two nights anyway. That's cool. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's roll right back to the start, man. So. You're with your your surname Champa. That's Italian. Yeah. Were you born in Italy, or are you from? No, I was born here. Born Australia. Yeah, yeah. My folks came out in the early sixties. Yep. Uh, they met here, even though their villages are like ten k apart. In, right. In Italy. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, I was born born and raised in Fairfield. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, lucky to be alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, but it was good. It was a like a Catholic boys' school, yep. low end sort of. And yeah, heaps of musicians came out of school and music journalists and mm. all sorts of yeah interesting people. Cats that are still around today doing stuff today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah there's a guy, the Nature Strip I mentioned, um, the guitarist in that, we've been playing music together since primary school. Oh, cool. You know, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, a couple of guys uh, two years ahead of me that I work with all the time and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's really cool. So a musical family, mum and dad? No, musical? not no, not really. No. no. Uh, my you know, first musical memory I have is my uncle Vince playing Beatles songs, you know, yeah. in his room and mm-hmm. me thinking, Man, that's great. I'd love to do that. You yeah. Know. So rock and roll was this. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. pop. I, my grandfather was into Italian opera, you mm-hmm. know, he played a bit of mandolin, which was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and when did you first pick up an instrument? Was it trumpet the first thing? No, guitar. Oh, guitar. Okay. So right. yeah, I was in year four, and yep. just uh, they needed people to play at mass, you know. So mm-hmm. we learnt three chords, and away we went. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then then it was trumpet in year seven, mm-hmm. um, and then all that time I sort of we had a great bandmaster at school who just gave us like free reign in the band room. You could go in there any time, mm. you, you know, half the time you'd be skipping maths and you'd be in there sort of jamming. Yeah. So there was always a kid in there. And so I taught myself kit and, you know, plug in and play bass. Yep. And at the same time, trumpet. Yeah. Yep. So it was a bit of a multi-instrumental thing. Yeah, that's happening. cool. And yeah. when did the formal stuff come in? Um, I had, I had a guitar teacher, but you know, it was pretty, Pretty simple stuff. Probably the, the most the form first formal lessons would have been on trumpet. I was going into the con and having right. lessons there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then it was sort of weird. I got into the con on trumpet as a trumpet major, and then sort of hit a wall. I just yep. wasn't getting any better. What year was that? I mean, nuts. Yes. Uh, I got in at, in eighty three. Okay. And then in eighty five, they let me change majors to percussion. Right. But I was tra- I trained as a high school music teacher. Right. So they didn't really care about us as musicians, and they needed percussionists for their wind band. So it went, they went, yeah, sure, you know. Right. So yeah, I was lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't touch timpani or vibraphone or any of those instruments till I was about twenty-two. Right. So it was very late. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what led you to that sort of stuff? Um, I think it was it was actually seeing the group that I played with on Saturday because my percussion teacher started. Um, synergy percussion right. and so I saw them probably in 84 and they did this piece by an Australian composer called Nigel Westlake mm-hmm. uh, it was like four players on two marimbas and I just it spun me out I just thought it was beautiful and that's I thought man I want to learn to do that right that yeah. was the moment eh? yeah yeah that was yeah. a real everyone's know. got one eh I know yeah it just yeah. turned your life spoke into you know. a whole bunch of people and, yeah. and there is that one moment you know yeah and you yeah. never forget it no I, no I can still yeah. if I think about being in that concert I can still remember that feeling you know wow it's yeah. awesome 
just yeah. inspiring. Yeah, yeah. And um, so where, uh, how long was how long were you at the con? I was there four years. Four yeah. years. So okay. I did percussion with Michael Askell for two years of that. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a bit, bit, bit of a rush. Like I wish I'd man, I wish I'd started percussion when I was eight. You know. Okay. And, and so I feel like I've been playing catch up a bit. You know, people right. that have had a real head start on me. But yeah, what can you do? It is what it is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So studying percussion at the con, are they? Um, laying all the instruments out for you, and you, you yeah. I, I'm sorry, pardon my naivety. I, I you know, I, I don't know what it would be like there, so that's yeah, why yeah, I'm asking. Yeah. No, you know. no, no, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Or do you go in there saying conga or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you know. No, well, you're expected to cover. That's the thing about being a percussionist. You're expected to play literally hundreds of instruments. Yeah, yeah. To a certain level. Yep. So you know, it's not like you know, if you're a trumpet player, that's all you play. You might play piccolo trumpet and maybe flugelhorn and stuff. But mm. as a percussionist, you know, I might do a recording session one day on vibraphone, and then the next day you got to play timpani, and then you got to do orchestral snare, and, and they're all like really different instruments yeah, and techniques. To- you know, totally. So, yeah. So you got to get. You know, there are like major. You know, you work on mallet instruments, so that covers glockenspiel, xylophone, marimba and vibes, and you yep. do timpani's like a whole separate animal. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, snare drum, orchestral cymbals, and then there's like all the small instruments, you know, tambourines, castanets, triangle, you know. Mm. Even, you know, people, you know, put shit on triangle to play a triangle yeah, man. well, man. You know, <laughs> it's, it's no, not for the faint-hearted. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, Let's expand on that then, because yeah, right. I reckon there'd be a bunch of people wanting to know about that. Oh, look, I yeah. get, I, like, if I, you know, I did a recent uh, gig with Tom Berlinson, he's yep. doing like a Latin project, so it was all that bossa novary stuff, all yep. that jobim. And then I got, yeah, I got lots of compliments after the gig on my triangle playing, which always strikes me as funny, but I, I pride myself on, you know, the open and close thing and right. and p- playing a nice instrument and getting mm. a nice sound. I wonder and if people actually realise it's an open and close thing. Oh, uh, a lot of I them don't. I think people are just picturing I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I did a little um, tutorial thing with a youth orchestra on Sunday and, you know, they've got them hanging off a string and every time you hit it, it spins, so it's hard to... <laughs> yeah, you know, so there's, like, basic things that you, yeah. you can learn about it, you know, yeah. and where to hit it, all the different sounds you get. You know, a good triangle... Should have you know hundreds of sounds in it depending where mm. you play it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it sounds tr- ridiculous. No, but, no, know, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, triangles are they tuned? No. What? Yeah. So, no. so if you win it, you can buy different. Yeah. Keyed harps. Yeah, so yeah, the the like thing, that. yeah, that's right. I mean, the thing about a triangle is it should have a, a real wash of lots of overtones. You know. Okay. Yeah, and some you know some will have a dominant. What we call dominant, uh, you know, fundamental tone. Yep. But then, if you hit it somewhere else, you get all these other colours, you know, and tones. So yeah, there shouldn't there shouldn't really be a pitch. If it's got a pitch, right. it's going to sort of limit it a bit. Right. You okay. Know. It means yeah. it's muffled up maybe a little yeah. bit. But if I'm doing a session, I'll take four or five triangles because uh, right. one one will sit better in a track than another. Right. You know, and they won't even realise you'll play it, and they go, "Oh, that doesn't sound so great. Let's lose a triangle." And then you go, "Oh no, let, let me try this other one," and it just suddenly the, the overtones of that one sit better with the key of the song, wow. you know, yeah. Same mm. with congas, people don't realise that about... Yeah. I'll, I'll ask, what what key are we in? Yeah. And they'll, they'll look at me like I'm insane, and I'll right. go, well, we're in D, and this conga's a C-sharp, you know, I want to tune it up a bit so it sits, you know? Yeah. Yeah, basic, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, were you playing sort of um, rock band sort of stuff out yeah. of school? Yeah, yeah. I've Was always... that the first sort of thing? Yeah, first sort of thing you're doing. Um, well, I mean, yeah. In terms of gigging and 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 yeah. sort of nighttime gigs, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I played in a band with the guy I mentioned from primary school yep. and another guy, Bill Gibson, who was two years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. We were in a, a trio called Smelly Tongues, cool, which was named after a song by the Residents. Okay, and uh, we were described as thrash jazz. Thrash jazz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit prog. It was a bit prog rocky, but it was all song, you know, original songs written by John and yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a heap of fun. So yeah, I've always done that, and then that became another band called Upsidaisium, and yeah, and I seem yeah, they all seem to you know be mostly with this guitarist John Encarnaso, who I went to school with. Yeah, so yeah, the, I love the rock thing. I'm a rock drummer, you know. Okay. I can't. I've played in jazz things, and I, I do the occasional Latin thing, but yeah, and people will try and book me for Latin gigs on on kit because they know me as a conga player. Right. But I don't have I don't have the feet. For it, you know, the feet, be, yeah, yeah, that's the that's the big difference. Yeah, eh? to play kick-ass yeah. fusion samba, yeah, you know, you know, hire Gordon Ritmeister or Steve Marin <laughs> yeah. or someone or exactly. Giorgio Rojas, you know, yeah. that's their thing. Yeah, okay, I'm a rock drummer. That's yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. When did you turn pro? Um, or did did you? Was there any other job before? Was nah, that? I've always, yeah. I mean, when I graduated from the con, I, I taught in high schools, but I, I only lasted about six months. Um, so I sort of fell into playing, and I was doing Latin gigs. Were probably the first paid gigs I did. I played in salsa bands, uh, either bass or timbales. Mm-hmm. And then I was lucky enough that my percussion teacher was playing in a group that was doing school shows uh, through a company called Music of Eva. Mm-hmm. So he asked me to fill in for him, and then that group asked me to join. And so and you're still there today. Yeah. Thirty years. Yeah. 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 Do it with different groups. Um, but yeah, I, I love that gig. Yeah, it's yeah. really great. And what does that entail? Um, so you turn up at a school mm-hmm. and you do a concert for an hour and you probably do two or three of those a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a school will have three shows, sometimes it's three separate schools. Mm-hmm. But the schools get a, a teaching kit, so they get a recording of what you're going to be performing and there's activities to go with it, looking at the rhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I'm in at the moment is a song-based group, so all the lyrics are there, the songs are there. Um, so it provides all these great resources for the teachers and the kids. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, and it might be the only live music those kids ever see, you know. Yeah, right. That might turn them on mm. to, to... Because, I mean, that's what happened to me. A, a Galapagos Stuck, which is a very old Australian jazz group, came to my school out at Fairfield, and I was a trumpeter. Mm. And um, they were amazing, this incredible jazz group. Mm. And we had a bit of a question time at the end, and, and I asked the trumpet player, I said, what, what's your job? And he said, well, this is my job. I play trumpet, you know. And my, like, my world just exploded. You know? Yeah, I thought, yeah. Man, you can play music as a living, you know. It just never occurred to me. And you could possibly be doing that for some other kid now. And, yeah. yeah, that's what I think. Have you, every, see, have you yeah. seen it happen? Um, I've had kids come up yeah. and say, I want to learn an instrument after yeah. watching this, and I just go, wow, that's my job's done. You know? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so, you haven't seen them further down the track I that haven't, far? I haven't, yeah. but yeah. I'd love it to. It would be hard to Yeah, track, hard to course. follow that up. But, yeah. um, oh, look, I have, met, I have met a couple of people that remember me coming to their school, and they're, you know, they're, now they're 19 or 20, and, and they're playing music. You know? yeah, um, cool. Some of them were musicians then, and it just encouraged them to, yeah. to think about 
a life in music, but I'm very aware that every school I go into, you might be changing someone's life, you know. Mm. Yeah, it sounds a bit... No, that's... You know, but <laughs> it's the truth. It yeah. is the truth, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. powerful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, did your formal, your formal training ever sort of end, or are you still always looking... Um, me- uh, meaning different teachers along the line? Um... Yeah, it sort of came to an end at the end of the con years. Okay. Um, you did, yeah, it's, yeah you I just, sort of, I just sort of stopped. Um, occasionally, um, like when we did the Lion King, I yep. had to learn you know, three or four instruments I'd never played before. So okay. they basically sent a guy out from the US to teach us, to teach all the percussionists you know, right. how to play these things that we had no idea about. Because you know? yeah, right. some things, there were just no teachers here to learn how to do them right. properly. What, you know? what were they? What were those instruments? Uh, one of them was, um, you know, Shekera, the big shaker, yep, yep. which, you know, has a long tradition in, in mainly in Cuba. Um, and there are guys who do it now, but uh, back back then, you know, 15, 16 years ago, the first time we did the show, there was just no one that you could learn that from. Uh, Berenbao, Brazilian instrument. Um, there are Brazilian guys who, here who know how to play it, but they're a bit funny about teaching it to gringos. Um, so yeah, I, try, yeah. I tried to get into the Brazilian <laughs> community. It's a very special instrument to them. It's got religious right. and, and spiritual sort of... Similar to a didgeridoo type... Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm looking, yeah. I've got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, very cool. But, mm. yeah, same thing, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just not that simple to walk up and... Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, but the only thing I'm having formal lessons on now is, is singing. Singing, right? yeah. And doing heaps of singing. I, like, I've always sung backing vocals and stuff, but... Yep. I've been getting right into it, and uh, that's yeah. cool. So yeah, like classical to a point where you're reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, so we're doing you know sight reading stuff and learning yeah. Italian arias, and yeah, it's been it's been good for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I think that's incredible. Yeah, you know the whole reading the notes and singing the notes, oh. as opposed to yeah, I'll pick everything else. You can see it. Yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. it. You know where it is by yeah, looking over there. But whereas, absolutely, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, the voice is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of singers, like a, a lot of opera singers, can't actually read. They yeah. have people called repetiteurs, who so they go into a room with this piano player and he just constantly bashes their line over mm. till they learn it by mm. from memory. You know, so yeah, it's good. It's good to be able to sight sing to actually, yeah, just get used to the intervals and know, you know, what the jumps are and yeah. So it's it. So, so just on that a little bit, mm. again, excuse my no, 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 no. <laughs> ignorance on this it. This is how we learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, finding your so, it, are you? Do you have like a middle C type like perfect in your pitch instrument thing? No. Type, type thing? Well, you know, you know what I mean was uh, you know, like when you sweet. go to a piano, you've got your and you, you yeah. know what that sounds like every time with your voice. Yeah. Do you do you have that note and do you know what it is? So if you're looking at at the notes, yeah, no, not really. No, okay, I right. mean, that, that's so you pe- need to hear yeah, somebody yeah, play yeah, the note, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I can, so. I can generally, I know the limit of my voice, so I know you know, a G at the bottom is where the bottom, of, but that okay. changes every day, you know. Yeah, like of today was a crappy day with air quality, oh, yeah, that affects your singing, you know, yeah. Um, right. So, no, people with perfect pitch do that, you know, people yeah. that have perfect pitch can you ask them to sing an A, they sing an A, you know, I don't, I can't do that, but once, once I've got 
the piano happening or someone just gives me a C, of I, course. Can, I can find a G from that C or a B flat or whatever I need. Right. Whatever the song. Yeah, I just thought, know. was it something that you can just nah, call? Nah, yeah, nah, that's nah, pretty amazing. Nah, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a handy thing, but a lot of people, it's a bit of a curse. Like, I have a friend who yeah, has right. it. I remember watching her rehearse with a choir and she was like in pain, you know, like wincing. And I said to her later, what's up? She goes, oh, couldn't you hear it? The whole choir went like a quarter tone flat. Oh, it's yeah, like, man, right. I can't hear that, but she can, you know, and it just caused her agony, you know. So She couldn't adjust? No. Well, the choir goes, what can you do? You've got yeah, 20 yeah. other people singing out of tune. You can't fix that yourself. <laughs> yeah, so sure. just, yeah. So I think it's a bit of a curse in a way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, go back to Lion King because I wanted to ask you about sure, that. Sure, yeah. Um, now, this was the version of The Lion King when it first came to Sydney, is that right? Yeah, about 16 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. seeing it. Yeah, and, and Jay Nagai was... Yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah, Mufasa. Yeah, yeah, Mufasa, great. yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Certainly. how did that come about? And then let's maybe talk about what a day in the life of of that show, that show yeah, sure, and how long sure. he ran it for and yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. It's fascinating. So um, I actually got a phone call because normally with musicals in Sydney, the music director usually knows who they want, so they'll just book people, you yeah. know. But in this case, the American producers wanted to hold auditions, okay, and uh, which is great. I mean, every show should do that, you know, because yeah. uh, there's so much politics and stuff, you know, that yeah. people don't get a look in, you know, who should be doing some of the shows. So um, I got a phone call, like, saying, this is on, the Lion King's happening, and they want to audition people, and we thought you'd be suitable do you want to come in for an audition i went yeah sure so they sent us music um so it's it's an interesting show because everything's written down mm -hmm. and they want what's written there are moments of of improv mm. but not a lot mm -hmm. and so um so i had to listen to the album and i followed the music and i, I did a little setup at home with the instruments and and just learnt it and then we went in and there were about uh they did it over two days, and each day there were like eight people auditioning, mm -hmm. and it was it was very interesting. There was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of psyching out going on, of course. which I've never sort of seen, experienced yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a couple of African dudes who are amazing djembe players, like can play rings around me, but don't read and oh. and don't follow a conductor. So they were looking for like the skill set was really you know broad, like you had to. So, for instance, you know, I had a, one of the djembe dudes came up to me and said, noticed the music under my arm and went, oh, Jess, you're a good reader. And I went, oh, yeah, you know, I studied. And he said, oh, I cannot read, but I have the African feeling and that's what they're looking for. <laughs> like, oh, man, come on. Yeah, you know, all that sort of stuff was going on. Yeah, right. Anyway, so this dude, the first thing we had to do was play, <laughs> we had to play Circle of Life, you know. Uh, that song. So it yeah. starts with a shaker, you know, so you go chick, 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 and then with your left hand you gotta go on a big African jun jun you know, ba ba on the djembe. Yeah. This guy'd never play, played shaker in his life. Right. You know, so this is going out the window and his left hand sort of <laughs> you know, and it was so I thought, yeah, well there's great. There's one gone. Yeah. <laughs> next <laughs> you know? next yeah. And I mean it's interesting because I think what won me that gig was my shaker playing. Yeah. Like that we did a a song called Shadowlands. That's most a lot of it's just the voice and the shaker, you know, mm -hmm. one of those little LP barbell shakers. And so the conductor, you know, was conducting it, and he sort of looks at me and he moves the conducting to slow down a bit just to see if I'd follow. And I went with him, and then he sped up again, and 
And he smiled at me, you know, and I thought, yeah. oh, well, that's a good sign. That's a good thing. That's a good sign, yeah. <laughs> you know. So a lot of that show was, you know, the little stuff, the shakers and the, the shekere and, and um, you know, because, like I said, I'm not a djembe player, like I'm a conga player but and timbalas and stuff, but there was a fair amount of djembe in that, and that's not really my thing. Mm. I got by and I was fine, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, so I got through the next round of auditions and then the next and finally got off of the gig. Right. Yeah, it was a hard slog, like talking about, you know, a day, a week in the life of that yeah, show. Because yep. it was eight shows a week. Yep. And um, I didn't really have the hands for the djembe. Yeah. Um, so um, I was really lucky because they actually let me do in that show what they do in New York and London, which is you're allowed to take half the shows off a week and do other gigs. Now, that doesn't happen in any... That's why I haven't done any shows since then. I get offered stuff and then I say to them, oh, well... I need this date off because I've got a gig with Jeff Duff and I need this, I've got a tour here. and Oh, no, 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 you can't take any time off. Yeah. It's like, dudes, you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so in Lion King, I had four other guys who could fill in for me that they were happy with. And it's like, you know, mm. everyone needs to relax. And so like, you, were, you were the num- number one, they dipped well, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all, yeah. and the, and the other. So there were two percussionists that, it, yeah. that were up in boxes, like the audience could see us. We weren't in the pit with the rest oh, of the right. band. Yeah, so we were visible and we could see the show. So it was part of the the color and oh, movement, right. man, to okay. have all this stuff up there. But um, you know, they they just I've seen the the New York contract and the reason to give you know you can take forty forty five percent of the shows off and keep the gig. And the reasons are, A, to relieve boredom, B, to, sh- <laughs> to share the work around. Is that what it says in the Yeah, comment? yeah. To relieve boredom. Yeah. That's brilliant. To C, to keep, um, <laughs> you know, to, in case of an emergency, there's, so there's people that know the thing, you know. Yeah. Like when I got, I got asked to do the Carol King thing, mm-hmm. and, I, and they wouldn't let me, you know, take this, so I couldn't do it. But I said to them, oh, what, about, what are we going to do if the drummer gets sick? Yeah. You know, and you don't have a, a kit player to come in and do the show. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So that's my problem with shows in Australia. Right. You know? So, so yeah, so I'd only do, because I'm a freelance player, you know, there are guys who go from show to show to show. Like there are percussionists who just spend their whole life going from musical to musical. But yep. I'm not one of those guys. I've got, yep. So I've got to keep my freelance work alive. Mm-hmm. And The Lion King was great for that, mm. you know. And, you know, gave a lot of other guys work and, yeah, that's you great. know, it was good. Yeah. And I got to save my hands because it was a killer. Yeah. Like I go home from a show and put my hands on ice so I could oh, move wow. them the next day because yeah, I just don't have. I remember the first time because um, I was also looking after the drums. So for djembe skin split, I'd have to take it to get repaired. Okay. So I took it to you know Sibel Bangura, who's a Guinean djembe player, like a master drummer. You know, and I, I thanked him. I shook his hand. You know, he's got a callus on his hand that's like you know yeah, two yeah. centimeters high. Right. From playing from the age of five. Mm. So, you know, it's no wonder I had to ice my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but I, I loved it. It was a great show. I learnt a lot. Um, there was a bit of improv where I was. There's moments where I'd watch the dancers and work with the dancers, which is really great. Did you have to dress? Yeah. We yeah, to, being on yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, mm. we had to wear... Um, yeah, you know what I call a Fred Flintstone sort of vest. <laughs> yeah. The other guy on the other side was Barney, you know. So, <laughs> so it wasn't too bad. It was just this vest, but it got bloody hot. And yeah, like right. In summer in that theatre. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. No face makeup or. Yeah, that's know, cool. Yeah, all those poor buggers in costume that had to be, like, you know, Jayla Guy had to be there an hour and a half before to get the Mufasa makeup on. And, yeah. And if they had 
lots of Kiwi boys in the cast with yep. the tats, you yep. know, so they had to cover the tats with yeah, makeup right. and all that stuff, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and how long did that run for? The first time it went a year and a half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, huge, mm. you know, so it was great. And, mm. you know, for a percussionist too, the gear's there, they own it, you just turn up and play, nothing yeah. to set up, nothing to pack down, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, it was a real luxury. Mm. Yeah, no, I loved it. I really loved it. And then the second time it came back about five years ago, it did, um, I think, about 10 months. Yeah, and yeah. you were on it again? I did it again. Yeah, right. Yeah. Was it the same bunch of guys in the band? Um, no, different players, mm-hmm. um, different kit player. We had Jamie Kostrusos. I don't know if you know Jamie. Um, Steve's told me about him. I've, I've you, contacted yeah. him. We're going to Yeah, you should have a chat. We're going to catch yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful drummer. Yep. Really beautiful drummer. Mm. But uh, Dave Stratton on bass, same bass player. Yeah, a few different, few different players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, good fun. Really good fun. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. So. Yeah, that's cool. And you do a, you've done some uh, movie soundtrack stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, what, sure. What, what tracks? What sort of? Uh, oh, look, I've done hundreds, and most of them. Oh, yeah, I can't, right. Most of them I can't remember. Can't I did remember. one last week uh, at Trackdown Studio. Um, they're always they're always exciting. It's always fun to play. Yep. Different quality of composers. So. You go in sometimes and it's just clear they've got no idea about writing for percussion and you sort of just get through it. Yeah, right. And then other people um, are fantastic. Uh, did um, uh, Australia, the Nicole Kidman film, and that was David Hirschfelder, who's um, used to play with Farnham and mm-hmm. great composer, writes really well for percussion. Um, so, yeah, that that one's probably the most... Oh, Happy Feet. It's probably the most oh, famous yeah? one I've done, yeah. Oh, but it's funny because, you know, the film comes out, We I went and saw it with two of the other percussionists who played on it, it's like all the stuff you played sort of buried, you know. It's just Oh, really? Oh, really hard to hear. Oh, know? so it's not the, the feet tapping stuff, you're not playing that stuff? No, nah, there's one. There's a couple of moments I can hear where I go, oh, yeah, I remember doing that, and it's like flamenco hand clapping. Oh, you know, right. So it's four of us doing all this hand clapping. They made us wet our hands so we got a different sound. Right. And, yeah, but a lot of the stuff gets buried. And even Hirschfelder, when we did Australia... There's all this heavy drum stuff, big Japanese taiko drums, and we're going, you know, thinking, oh, well, this will be big. And he goes, well, knock yourself out, guys. This is during the bombing scene of Darwin. He said, you won't hear it over the bombs. You know? and, he's, and he's bloody right, you know. Yeah. We're in there trying to listen to it. It's just explosions everywhere, yeah. you know. So what can you do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I've done a couple of short films. They're, they're normally better. The soundtracks seem to be more forward, and mm-hmm. and often they'll be sort of quirky, and, and they won't really... You know, bring weird instruments along, and mm. yeah, so mm. yeah, that's fun. Am I right in saying that the session work for percussionists wouldn't wouldn't have dried up as much as it would for yeah drummers and stuff because it's it's a little bit harder for it's harder for to the ra- home producer to emulate a yeah. good per- percussionist, whereas absolutely there's so much good yeah drum yeah. software out there where you can yeah. just pull up a groove and absolutely not yeah. so much yeah a lot of the there. sessions that we go in and do an overdub are, the drum tracks are you know clearly off a machine yeah you know, a lot yeah. of the time yeah. yeah depends on the style of the music you know mm. but um yeah but it is and i'm lucky because um some of the some of the instruments now like marimbas and vibraphones you can get amazing samples that sound fantastic oh right but i still haven't heard a good conga sample you know that yeah. sounds like flesh hitting flesh right and uh the other one that's hard to replicate is timpani so mm. even if there's only one percussionist on a session for a film it'll often be a timpanist because it's really hard to get good timpani sounds i think you know right. i haven't 
people use them and they sort of get away with it, but if you're a percussionist, you can hear it. You know. Yeah. Do you get called for timpani work? Uh, a little bit, not so much. I'm not really, you know, I own some and I'll, I'll do the odd. The last timpani session I did was at Peter Allen film that drama series they did so i played timpani on that but it's not really my thing there are right there are guys in town that are real you know almost timpani specialists and yeah 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 have you noticed the sessions sort of quietened off in the last sort of five years um yeah we could even go longer yeah it has it has um look it's up and down it it actually depends on the australian dollar because yeah when the dollar bombs when it's doing bad there's heaps of film work because it's cheaper to record here yeah, than in right. LA. Right. So we'll often do a session and the composer and the producer are on the computer in LA and they're, you know, Skyping in the control room and huh. we're and we're recording, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it dep- it really depends on the dollar a lot, you know. So when the dollar was around sixty, whenever that was, maybe seven years ago or yeah. something, yeah. there were there was a lot of film work. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it got quite a bit, and now it's picking up again. Now it's sort of 70 ish, you know. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. 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 So, we were doing big Hollywood films, and, you know, mm. I remember doing a Nicolas Cage vampire film and a few other things, and they were, yeah, recorded. A Nicolas Cage vampire film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think he was in it. <laughs> Daybreakers, I think it was. Oh, called. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, anyway, yeah. He's a weird bugger, that guy. Anyway, uh, very strange character, yeah. <laughs> I like him, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? but yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> um, who are your your bass player influences? Oh, that's a hard one. Mm. Um, I Yeah, that's really hard. I like, um, I, I mean, I like people like Victor Wooten, you know. That kind of stuff. That, well... I've seen him a couple of times and he yep. blows me away. I just yeah. think that's, you know, ridiculous oh, level of skill, that yep. guy, you know. Um, and, you know, the usual people, Yaka Pistorius and all those guys. But mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, I don't, I, I don't sit and listen to a lot of that. Mm. I listen, if I'm going to put on music at home, it tends to be pop. Yeah. Um, and so the bass players I like are guys who, who are, you know, pop bass players who play interesting lines. Um, Pino, that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pino Palladino's yeah. fantastic. Mm. Um, I'm into Elvis Costello. He's yep. always had, you know, Bruce Thomas. He's a earlier bass player, beautiful bass player, really melodic. Mm. Um, the Motown dudes, you know, James Jamison, yeah, all those yeah. dudes. I mean, I love melodic and McCartney. Actually, yeah, if I right. had to pick one bass player, yeah, um, he's fantastic. But more, more obscure guys. I play, um, I play with a band that does a, a tribute to an English band called XTC that no one's ever heard of. Um, their bass player, Colin Moulding, is astounding. You know, it's like mm. he picked up where McCartney sort of left off and just kept going, you know. Mm. So, yeah, guys who play melodically and I'm not I'm not a chop dude. I don't mm-hmm. like... I'm the same on kit. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I wish I could do what people like Gordon do, but I can't. <laughs> yep. So, yep. And so I try and do what I do and try and make it feel good and, you know. Yeah, mm. so chops... I can appreciate it, but often it just leaves me a bit cold, you know. Mm. Yeah, unless it's unless it's really musical. I mean, Gordon's amazing. He, yeah, he's he very incredibly musical. Mm. Hamish Stewart, if I had to name one drummer in Sydney, mm-hmm. he would be the guy. He can do some of that stuff, um, but doesn't. You know, you can hear him play a whole song and he'll just groove his ass off for the whole song and not throw anything, and that makes you go, "Oh wow!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it just feels good. You know, it makes yeah. you want to dance. Yeah. yeah. And who are you? Who are your kit influences? 
Um, Elvis Costello's drummer, Pete, yep. Pete Thomas. Yep. He's amazing kit player. I would say Hamish, you know, Hamish yep. Stewart in town. Mm-hmm. I love playing percussion with Hamish because he's he actually gives you room, you know, he adjusts his playing because he knows you're there, you mm-hmm. know, so um, I don't get to play with him a lot, but when I do, man, it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll fill in sometimes with a group called the Catholics, mm-hmm. um, Fabian Nevia plays mm-hmm. percussion with them, but if he can't make it, I'll sometimes do it, and yeah, playing with him is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, pop, pop drummers, you know, I used to, you know. Early Toto and yeah. you know all that stuff, yeah, just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't sit and listen to drummers. I, yep. I like listening to songs and to music, um, yeah. Yeah, I, mm. I like to forget. Um, like last time I saw James Taylor, you know, with Gad mm. and um, Jimmy, I just I kept forgetting there was a kit player on stage and yeah. a bass player. You yeah. know, and that's yeah. that's the magic is mm. when they they melt so seamlessly into mm. the song, you forget mm. they're there. It's Jimmy Johnson, eh? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I forgot he was on stage. Yeah. I, I kept forgetting. You know, I'm listening to James. Yeah, and you just because they're so they're playing the perfect part. You know. Yeah. And it's, at no point do they play anything that makes you that is like look at me, look at me, look what I can do. Never. You know, they're just playing for the song. And Gad's Gad's the same. Yeah. But if you go see him with his group, obviously he pulls yep. out. Some Did you stuff. see him a couple of years ago? I didn't. I didn't. I'm kicking myself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've said this in a few podcasts. People are getting sick of me going, oh, what's the Gad story again? But, yeah. Um, oh, just, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the stuff on YouTube, you know, yeah. various, various things. Mm. And, and, you know, there's incredible solos where mm. s- simple ideas, you know, that just yep. build beautifully and musically yep. and, you know, just... Yeah, it makes so much musical sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's you know. Yeah, but um, other than that, no, I'm not. You know, uh, you know, I've gone to a. I don't like going to clinics. They drive me crazy. Yep. You know, I I went to one that I won't name the drummer, an American drummer that was just complete ego. Right. Um, the one clinic I've gone to that I really enjoyed, but it wasn't a clinic. It was like a recital. Mm. Was um Terry Bozio. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I was in Vancouver on tour and I had a day off and he was just like doing a clinic and I went. And I don't know if you've seen the kid he plays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, something like 12 pedals yeah, yeah. playing remote, you know. Yeah. So he'd set up these ostinatos with his feet that were just, I would have trouble just doing the feet. <laughs> and then he's playing melodies uh, on the toms yeah. and cymbals over that and it's just one of the most beautiful things, you know. And he's got chops to burn, but it was right. about it was about the music. It was about the piece he was playing and developing musical ideas, you know. Yep. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I still I should have left at question time because then it's like every meathead wanting to know what sticks he uses. And, <laughs> yeah, you, know, that's, you know, and you could see him <laughs> suffering, you know. So I, bu- I thought, bugger it! I put up my hand and I'll ask a question. Yeah. And because there was one thing he did that was an Arabic rhythm with right. his feet, and so I, I I put up my hand. And he goes, yeah, and I and I said, uh. That rhythm you played, baladi, you know, with your feet, did you learn that first on Darabuka, you know, or did you just uh, apply it immediately? And he said, oh, thank God. And then, you know, <laughs> went, went off for like 20 minutes. Great. And, yeah, so, so it was like great. Yeah. yeah it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Did you see when Dennis Chambers came out a few years no, ago no. with the Santana percussion? No, oh, no, man, yeah. Ridiculous, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I'm um, touring. It, it, 
have you done much? Do you do much touring these days? And did you do touring when you were younger? And, um, and who were? I did most of my touring was probably five years ago as part of a group called the Spaghetti Western Orchestra, which was a five-piece group. Most of the guys were from Melbourne. Yep. I was filling in for a friend, so we did. Um, yeah, we toured Europe maybe sort of four months at a time. Oh yeah. Or, or you know two or three months. Um, most of the touring I do now is for Music Aviva, doing school shows. Yep. So you go and you do, like this year we did um, three weeks in the Northern Territory and three weeks in regional Queensland. Next year, I think, not much touring. We've got a, a month in Tassie. So, uh, yeah, so not, not, no, not a lot. I haven't done a heap. I'm not one of these guys that goes out for three months at a time with a rock band sort of thing. I haven't done... Yeah, anything like that. I don't know how I'd stand up to that. Mm. Yeah. The you know, the school show thing is at the most like three weeks and that's sort of, you know mm. once you get into areas where there's no decent coffee I start to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And you know, there's only many, only so many steaks you can eat night after night. Yeah, right. Little chicken snitty. Oh man, the chicken snitty. <laughs> <laughs> I miss yeah, I miss my Sydney food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I noticed on Facebook the other day, this is kind of not really about your career, but you went and saw David Byrne. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, you wanna talk about that? What a I, show. Oh I, I mean I, I just I read some reviews. Yeah. And, um, that guy wow, totally he just totally deconstructed what a gig is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it just yeah. um is like a bare stage, like yep. a box and um there was this metal curtain on four sides, the so back and two sides, and um, every single instrument in that group, that, so there are no instruments on stage, every instrument was portable. Mm-hmm. So he, this poor guy with a synth, like on a harness, yeah. and um, I think like four percussionists, a bass player and a guitarist and himself, um, that was it. And so they were all wireless mic'd, and so all the grooves were built between four or five people so one dude would have like a bass drum part, that's all he'd play. Another dude had a little setup with a hi-hat and a snare. Mm. Another guy had a, a tom, a detuned tom. Um, and, you know, they're all in grey suits and barefoot. And there was all this bloody... Oh, and there were two backing singers. And there was just this... Everything was choreographed, you know. So, you know, the hit a section of song and the drummers had split and form little formations and... It just looked amazing. Yeah. The sound was great. Yep. Like I was, I was thinking, oh man, there must be some stuff on tape. Like they, they must have click and. Yep. But at no point, um, actually, there was one point where I heard a little hi hat thing, and I thought, oh, no one's playing that. And then my friend who was reviewing it uh, mentioned later that there were people bes- behind the curtain that were playing uh, right. on stage. You okay. know, and he was right. So and Dave Burr made a point of saying. Um, I just want you to know that everything we're playing is live. It's all produced by these people. There's nothing... On, yeah, people think... They see the show and they think we're playing along with stuff on tape. But it was just phenomenal. And three of the percussionists were Brazilian dudes. So they're playing... At one point, there are three of them playing Berenbao and beautiful pandero techniques. So they've, they've got some serious chops. You know, these mm. huge shakers. You know, there's bloody a man of things, you yeah. know. And it just sounded beautiful, you know. And he, he took... There was a lot of Talking Heads song, yep. songs, much more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just reconstructed, you know. And lighting was simple. At one point, they pull this light across the stage that just throws these amazing shadows everywhere. I mean, just, mm. yeah, yeah. Simple ideas, but really beautiful, mm. you know. And just such a change from the average, 
yeah, drum kit, stick this here, and this dude plays yeah. guitar, and you know, yeah. and there's amps everywhere, yeah. and you know, so it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I salute that guy. I mean, he's always, you know, I got an album of his with a guitarist, female guitarist singer called St. Vincent, and it's just the two of them in a brass band, you know, mm -hmm. doing pop songs. And it's amazing, you know, mm. just to hear that these, I don't know how old he is, but the fact that he's still sort of pushing it, you know, not, he could happily just play with a rock band to, Easily, to yeah. sing, you know. Probably but, doesn't have to play at all. <laughs> no, exactly. But the work that had gone into this thing, like just the choreography, you know, yeah. especially the two backing singers, man, they never stood still. They were doing stuff with their hands the whole time, like in perfect sync. Mm. So, yeah, it was beautiful. I'm glad I went. Changing the game a little bit. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, totally different game, you know, that yeah, no right. one's playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. Yeah. You played with the Sydney Civic Orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. What capacity was that? Um, so I'm on their casual list. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I'm on casual with them. I do some uh, ACO, Australian Chamber Orchestra, and Brandenburg Orchestra. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, basically they've got a list of players and then... So there's regular players who play all the time with the orchestra. Uh, I think there's three and a timpanist. And so if a piece of music needs six players and they think you're suitable for what they're doing, you'll get a call. And if you can do it, you can do it. So I, I tend to get called. It's funny because it was probably a 20-year period where I didn't play with them at all. Mm. And that's fine because I'm not really... I don't have the orchestral chops. Like, there are guys coming out of the con that that's really what they're training to do. And that's what do you mean, orchestral chops? So, you know, people that play... People that have spent eight hours a day practising orchestral snare drum. Okay. You know, and practising getting good sounds on cymbals and okay, bass drums and, and can sight-read anything on xylophone, you know. Okay. I never sort of did that. I, I can play those instruments, but not at the level these dudes can, you know. So... I tend to get called in now because the orchestra is doing a lot more commercial stuff. Mm. So it'll be the Sydney Symphony Orchestra with Eskimo Joe. Yep. Or yep. it'll be they'll they'll do film things. So they'll do the third Harry Potter film. They'll show the film mm. behind them and they'll do the score. They live. did the Star Wars thing too, not Star the, Wars. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So those things, you know, they're they're commercial successes. You know, they do, we did like six Harry Potter shows, you know. And oh, right, yeah. off every movie. And, yeah, yeah, and they sell wow. out. You know, they fill the opera house, and they're great. They're fantastic. Of course, yeah. And good music. So often I'll get called in because there'll be a conga part or mm -hmm. there'll be folky tambourine or, you know, stuff that's in my skill set yep. that uh, the other players can play but not, you know... But at the same time, I freak out a little bit because then there'll be some difficult bloody xylophone thing you've got to do as well, or, you know. So, you know, there are things that, that I'm good at, things that I'm not so good at, things I'm terrible at, and, you know. So between all the players, you sort of get them all covered, you know. If there's mm. some fiendish xylophone thing, then one of the other guys are better off playing that, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a shot at it, but it's not really my thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's a bit terrifying. Yeah. And have you got... Did you have to think about some stories you wanted to tell? Oh, I couldn't think of anything. Couldn't you? <laughs> no. That's all good. No, no. I mean, you know, no, nothing really no, that, jumps out. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I. the one thing I remember that I think sort of made my career in a way was um, early 90s. I did um, every Friday for a year at the basement oh, yeah. with a band called Transformation. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, yeah, so it was Gordon Rickmeister on kit yep. and, you know, great great players in that band, Jonathan Rutledge on keys and uh, Mark Costa on bass. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so Gordo would, uh, there'd be a, a moment in the show where there'd be a drum and percussion sort of trade-off with solo. And because he knew that I could read, and most of the percussionists he worked with couldn't, every week he'd write some bloody duet for us to finish <laughs> that with. Yep. And they were just like mind-bending stuff, you know. Yeah, we'll go into five here and yep. then seven, and then we'll slow the seven down, it'll go into triplets. It's like, Gordon, come on, man, I just wanted to chill out on a yeah. Friday night. And Maybe just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was a bit of, oh, I wonder if you can do this one, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, how have you sort of developed your different styles of the different percussion instruments that you played? Um... Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of listening. Listening. Yeah, yeah. a lot of listening. So yeah. you know, if if you're going to play, you know, salsa music, if you're going to play that, you need to you know really immerse yourself in it. You mm. know, I, I'm not from that culture. Mm. I'm not. I didn't grow up listening to it. So uh, listening to it, talking to the guys about it, and and you know what's what's happening here with the bell and what does a conga do here and. Um, when I was starting that, it was really difficult because there weren't the guys were quite closed with their information. You know, there yeah. were there were a couple of timbali players in town. I go to see them play, and they'd be playing. But then if they spotted me in the audience, they'd somehow they pull all their playing in and just play really simple and not. Oh, you really? know, it was really weird. Yeah, I mean that's all changed now. Um, yeah. You know, people like Fabian and Giorgio and and Steve. You know, you can't ask those guys anything, and they're very generous with their information. But it, you know, it wasn't always like that. So yeah, listening, trying to trying to talk to these guys. If there's an instrument I can't play, I'll, I'll go and have a lesson on it. If there's someone who can teach me, yeah, that's you know. Cool. Um, but again, it's really hard. There are some, you know, because I'm Italian. I, I I wanted to get into there's these southern Italian folk tambourine styles, but you know, there's no one here who plays them. And listening to recordings, you can't really tell what they're doing. It's this big triplet thing. And so I had to wait till a guy came through town called Glenn Velez, who's this monster frame drum player. And so I asked, he did a master class and I asked him, I said, do you know much about uh, Tarantella uh, tambourine? And he went, yeah, what do you want to know? Calabrian, Sicilian, Neapolitan? And oh, thank God. So you know, I, had a, <laughs> I had a lesson from him and found out that they do this weird flipping thing. You know, duck -a -duck -a -duck -a -duck. I mean, unless someone shows you that, how the hell would how you, do you know? know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of cool now with YouTube and stuff. Yeah, but right. back then, I mean, this was years, this was pre, you know. Yeah. So now, this is a good thing, you know, if you've got to play, and occasionally there'll be instruments I don't even know what the name is, you know, and someone says, oh, you've got to play this, and I'll go put it into YouTube, and it's going, oh, right, okay, it's this weird-ass shaker that you play, you know. But even then, you know, you've got to spend bloody hours, you know, yeah. <laughs> learning. So it's it's hard, and I, and I draw the line at, at some things, like if someone asked me to play, you know, Persian duff or something I'll, I'll look it up and I'll go okay well that's you know to play like that that's a lifetime or tabla for instance right, right? I don't play tabla I bought some in India on yeah. tour they haven't been out of the bag that's another language you know, isn't it it's a whole other yeah, life yeah. it's a lifetime it's man incredible, yeah. you spend the first year just making tea for your teacher you know? <laughs> yeah. and then you spend the next three years learning to say you know da 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 all the bowls you know then you learn the first sound and it's like, man, I haven't got, you know, that's I've got, love, I've got yeah. a couple of hours, I've got a yeah, 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 show. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's right, yeah, give yeah. me the abridged version. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Yeah, all right. So what's the what's the next twelve months got in store? Uh well yeah, it's it's I always think January's gonna be slow, but January's filling up. It's okay. uh, it's sort of good. Yep. Um I get a bit nervous, but 
Alright, so what I've got on tomorrow, I'm playing, uh, we do a Bowie show with Jeff Duff. It's unzipped, is it? Unzipped? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yep. so that's sold out tomorrow night at Camelot Lounge, which great. is, I love playing with Jeff, and it's a great band. Uh, we've got Paul Burton on guitar tomorrow night, and Glenn Rhodes on keys, and yep. so that's that. So how, how deep into the Bowie stuff do you go? Uh, we yeah we go up to the current album oh yeah and and far, really far back yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a, yeah it's a real mix okay awesome. of stuff yeah it's great yeah. and that's just kit uh, yeah so that's fun Sunday I've got to concert. how do you how do you pull off the Mark Juliana stuff oh man you got to be kidding <laughs> yeah yeah we don't do the first track on Black Star <laughs> that's for sure man the first time I heard that track I had to hold on to something yeah, I know He's... I thought where's he putting that snare I know it's incredible eh? yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't lock it th- can't lock no, it no, it's an offbeat semi-quaver yeah, thing. Every time. And the thing the thing I really love about that is that any other artist, some producer would have said, oh, you can't play that. You can't. Yeah. And Bowie just would have gone, yeah. he can play whatever he wants. You know, this is why I got this guy just here. That's why I got you these know? guys, yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah, so the only the only trick we do off the last album is Lazarus. Oh, yeah. And it's it doesn't, I mean, it's still got chops in it yep. when it opens up, but I just do what I do as much as I can do. Yeah. That's a great track to play. It's, mm. yeah. And, you know, such an emotional song, the lyrics in that track. Yep. Oh, so, yeah, yeah but that's. something was going on, didn't he? Oh, man, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, very sad. Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, and then with Duffo, in about a month's time, we're doing a Lou Reed show. So, there's a few tribute things. I play in a. I play marimba in a band that does uh, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass, so Spanish Flea and Tijuana Taxi, and all that. that's a lot of fun. Yep. Um, not so much originals project. The Nature Strip's gone on a big break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been hard getting people to come and hear original rock music. It's really difficult. Yep. So, um, so that's having a bit of a break. Uh, I've got some recording with a singer in January. Few function things. I've been playing this wacky gig with these Russian, this Russian trio, playing for silent films. So they, we did this one on Sunday. It was a Russian science fiction film made in 1920. So that's up on the screen, and we're like playing music live for it, which is. Yeah, is it improv stuff or you? No, it's no. it's mostly uh, it's either original stuff written by one of the guys, yep, uh, or it's existing pieces. Okay. And because they're Russian, they're pulling out lots of little Russian tunes that fit with what's happening. And there's like this communist revolutionary thing in the film, so they're pulling out communist tunes, and you know, it's pretty yeah. funny. But we did an Australian one called The Sentimental Bloke, and uh, we're doing that one again in January, like around Australia Day. That's a that's a beauty, yeah. So yeah, lots of odd lots of odd projects. Um, playing with. Playing with an orchestra with the Philharmonia Choirs yep. in December. Yeah, lots real mix of stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is what I like. Yeah, that's really Good, cool. Keeps it fresh. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah, Jess Jumper, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Gig Life podcast. My pleasure, um, Stevie. Thanks for asking yeah, me. Oh, mate, it's been a real um, yeah privilege talking to you. And thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and you know, learning about more about you the last sort of month or so cool and especially from this and uh yeah i think people will dig it great and, um well i'm in good company really. yeah, thrilled. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. thanks jess thanks so much Steve. cheers bud cheers <laughs>